0: Thank you, Aaron. So here's the thing. Have you ever seen a house and uh, that had a foundation and then just a roof? Have you all ever seen that before? I have seen what we would call an A-frame house, which really steep pitched, but I've never seen a foundation with a roof just sitting on top of it. Have you? I don't think so. If you have, then I want to know where you saw it because I kind of would like to see it myself. But like I said, I've seen A-frame houses before which looks like a roof, and you have to have shingles on it in order for it to be protected from the weather, but let's be honest, that's really awkward looking and probably not very functional, right? It's, it's really awkward looking and hardly functional, and I would say that it is very hard to dwell inside of, to exist inside of, right? And so like we previously stated, we're building a life as Christians, how many people know that Christianity goes further than salvation? Amen. And we have to choose every day that to go further than salvation. I, you know why? Because here's the thing: salvation's not my job. It was Jesus' job. And he done it. And he said it was finished. Salvation's not my job. But to live in a way that God can bless is my job. I know, it's, I know, it's not something that we shout about all the time, right? Because we would love to be able to say, that's not my job, I don't have to do it, whatever. But in reality, it is our job to live in a way and in a manner that God can lay His blessing on top of. And so we want to live in a way that God can live inside of us and dwell inside of us. And today we're going to talk about the four walls of Christianity. The four walls... Of Christianity. And I want to make this statement very clear. You have four main walls most of the time. Now if you get a super fancy house, you got more than four. But majority of the time, you have four walls that builds the structure of a house. you got to at least have four in order for it to be pretty solid as a house, right? And so we're going to talk about the four walls of a Christian life. And remember, we're building a life that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, can come and dwell inside of. And when we have these four walls, we are guaranteed to have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of our lives. Alright? So here's the very first wall that I feel like is important when we're building a life a Christ, not just a life, but a Christian life and a godly life. Wall number one is prayer. Wall number one is prayer. What does that mean, Pastor Joe? Well, here's the thing. It's easy for me to it's going to be easier for me to tell you what prayer is not so we can get a better understanding of what prayer is. OK? Listen, prayer is not a wish list. Prayer is not a fallback. Prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Y'all know what I'm talking about with Monopoly? You know, you go and you land in that spot and it says go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200, right? And so here's the thing. And we can, we can throw that get-out-of-jail-free card and we're fine, Right? And we try to use prayer that way, don't we? Let's be honest. We we catch ourselves in a spot, and we're like, "Lord, I need you right now." You know. And the truth is, is we probably hadn't talked to him in a long time. So prayer is not a get out of jail free card. Prayer is not a spare tire. When we pull it out in the time of trouble, prayer is not an erase button. Prayer is not those things. What is prayer? It is the lifeline of a relationship. Prayer is the lifeline of a relationship. And without an open line of communication, relationships do not exist. Spouses in the room, if you don't ever talk to your spouse, do you have a relationship with your spouse? No. I'm gonna go ahead and make it real plain and real simple. There's no relationship there. You are existing in the same place without a relationship. Why? Because communication is vital. What does that mean? That means whenever I speak to God, this is prayer, whenever I speak to God, He listens. What does that mean? Whenever He speaks to me, I listen. Prayer is not one sided. I want to say it again. Prayer is not one-sided. We do ourselves an injustice whenever we pray to the Lord. Lord, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. Will You, will You, will You? And then we hang up the phone before we give Him an opportunity to respond. That's not prayer. Matter of fact, that's, that's just chucking things at the Lord. Right? Because truth is, is whenever we want to talk to God, we have to have a moment where we stop and say, okay, you talk back. That's prayer. That's prayer. And the truth is, is that we will talk to God more than we listen to God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And here's the reason why. It's kind of almost like a husband who doesn't want to ask his wife, how was your day today? Y'all ever been in that place before? Why? Because she's going to tell you. And if you don't care to listen, don't ask the question, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the truth is, is that we do God the same way. We'll say, Lord, this, 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 this. And then we'll stop and we'll say nothing and we'll let him speak to us in nothing. I'm going to swap microphones because we got some popping and cracking going on. Amen. Praise the Lord. Check, check. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, we got to understand that it it, it boils down to that prayer is a communication. It's an open line of communication between us and to God. And so if, if prayer is not a wish list, if prayer is not a spare tire, if prayer is not all of these things, then why do it? You know, we spend so much time asking God for things. If we remove that from the equation of prayer... Why pray? Here's why we should pray. It helps us when we're weak. See, Matthew 26 and 41 says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. How many people are tempted? Come on, can we be honest and real? We're all tempted by something, right? Amen. And so the truth is, is that how... How do we keep from stumbling into that temptation? The Bible says to what? Watch and to pray. I dare say that if you stumbled into a temptation, prayer did not exist before the temptation. Matter of fact, I'll take it even a step further. There's been times I've been tempted to do things that were ungodly things. If I would have stopped for 1 second and simply prayed, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> You know, And the truth is that we can watch and pray. So why should we pray? Number one is it, it keeps us and it helps us when we are weak. The second reason why we should pray is this. It is heard in heaven. When you pray, God hears from heaven. Psalms tells us in 34 and 17 when the righteous cry for help. The Lord hears them. I love this next part and delivers them. Out of what? All of their troubles. Come on, somebody. There's not a single thing that if we call upon the Lord and say, I need you to deliver me from this trouble, that He'll say, nah. <laughs> you know what that Greek word all means in the, in the original language? All. <laughs> it, it don't change. And the, the truth is, is, that if we would just simply stop, if we're in this life that we're building if we would stop and make prayer one of the focal points, our lives would look dramatically different. Amen? Here's reason number three that we should pray. It draws God near to us. I don't know about you, but I want to be close to God. And how do we become close to God? We can pray. Psalms 145 and 18 says, The Lord is near to, here's this big word again, all who call on Him. And to all who call on him in truth. We have transitioned uh, little Rafa. uh, We transition him into his own crib. So every night he goes into his own crib whenever he falls asleep. Because he won't go in there unless he's asleep. So we got to get him asleep and then we'll put him in his crib. But it never fails almost every night. Not all the time, but majority of the time he will start crying and i wake up and go and get him. That's pretty much our normal routine. And then it struck me one day that he wasn't just crying, he was calling out for me. And he, was, he says, Daddy, Daddy, at 3, 4, five o'clock in the morning. And I've gotten so used to hearing him call out my name that I don't sleep through it. The minute I hear him, sometimes he just whimpers and I'm awake. And I go and get him. And all it took was him simply calling on me and saying, Daddy, in the middle of the night. And you know what I've done? I stopped what I was doing and I went and attended to Him and the need that He had. It caused me to have an anticipation to hear for His cry. And God is the exact same way. It draws Him near to us. Do you understand that He anticipates your cry? He anticipates your voice. He anticipates your You're wanting of Him. And He's simply waiting on you to say, Daddy, or Abba, or God, or whatever you're reaching out to Him. If you'll just reach out to Him, He will meet you where you are. And without a wall of prayer in our structural life, we will have a house that might not stand. Do you hear me? We will have a house that might not stand. With wall, uh, with, without the wall of prayer. Because prayer strengthens us. It strengthens us when we're weak. Without it, we're vulnerable. Without it, we're sampling, uh, uh, we're sampling the, the structural sways of life and we are setting ourselves up for failure. Hear me. Without prayer in your life, you are setting yourself up for failure. So the first wall is prayer. The second wall is praise. Oh, Pastor Joe, you're just here. You go, just wanting some. No, I'm not wanting a response. I'm not wanting some type of outlandish action. That's not what I'm wanting. Listen to me when I say this this morning. Praise is vital to your life. Praise is vital to your life. And just like prayer, it's going to be easier for me to tell you what praise is not, in order for us to get a good understanding of what praise is. Praise is not a song. Praise is not a clap. Praise is not a shout, and praise is not a moment that we structure inside of our worship services on Sunday. That's not what praise is. The original Greek for this word actually translates into to tell, to give, or to confess of the goodness of God. To tell, to give, or to confess of the goodness of God. Do you understand that one reason why we fail sometimes in this Christian walk is because we stop talking about how good our God is? I don't, I don't do that, Pastor Joe. Yeah, you do. We all do it. And here's the reason why. It's because something difficult in life will rise. And it takes our focus off of God and it puts it on the situation. And we begin to fail because we stop talking about God's goodness and we start talking about the hardship that we're going into or we're going through or we just came out of. And until we learn to keep praying, David said, I will bless the Lord at what? All times. And His praise will be continuously on my lips. And what does that mean? David had to learn I can't keep looking at whatever life throws at me, because if I do that, I'm going to set myself up for failure. But if I constantly lean back on the goodness of God, and I tell people all the time about the goodness of God, then my life will be anchored in a direction that will bless and that will host the presence of God. I'm getting ready to to probably throw a spiritual bomb at you, but here's the truth. God does not want to rest on someone who grumbles all the time. God does not want to rest. The Spirit of God, the Bible says the Spirit of God is as flighty as a dove. I don't know about you all, but I've walked into areas where doves are and without me knowing it, I spooked them away. And God's Spirit will not rest on someone who gripes all the time and grumbles all the time and complains all the time. But who will he rest on? Someone that praises all the time. I would love to look you in the eye this morning and tell you that I've got this one whooped. And all I do is praise the Lord all the time. But in reality, I don't. I don't. But there's areas in my life that I'm learning that I have to shift my language into praise in order to get an inhabitation of the Holy Spirit on my life. Come on, somebody. So why should we praise Him? If it's not a song, if it's not a clap, if it's not a moment in worship at at, at church, why should we give Him praise? Three things. For what He's done, for what He's going to do, and for who He is. Come on, somebody. Those three things right there, we could praise Him until we die. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to spend an eternity, an eternity praising Him. And I believe, here's the thing, how can we spend an eternity praising God? I believe that every time we get to the end of the list of the good things that we know about God, we're going to be able to look at Him and make a whole new list of things that we've never praised Him for. Because He's constantly so good and He deserves our praise. Psalms 150 said this, I love this so much. There was a preacher that came to our church one day and he preached on praise. And he made this statement And uh, I mean, it's so simple and profound that we should not walk away today without an understanding of how we can praise the Lord. You ready? Ready? Psalms 150. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God where? In His sanctuary. We come to church and we praise Him here. Okay? Praise Him in His sanctuary and praise Him in His mighty expanse. Where's His mighty expanse? Out there. So we come to church, we praise Him in here. When we leave church, we praise Him out there. That's where we praise the Lord. Right? Okay? Why do we praise the Lord? Praise Him for His powerful acts. I don't know about you, but I could spend a lifetime praising Him for saving my soul. No other reason. Saving my soul. And then, if we don't have enough to praise Him about for all of the things He's done, The Bible says that we should praise Him for His abundant greatness. So we're going to praise Him inside. We're going to praise Him outside. We're going to praise Him for what He's done, and we're going to praise Him for who He is. How? Praise Him with trumpet blasts. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with tambourines, and praise Him with the dance. If you can't play music, you can dance. And if you can't dance, try to dance. Because the truth is, is I... I frail my body sometimes whenever we're dancing with Rock. We'll be at home and I'm just, that's it. That's all my dance moves consist of. But the truth is, is that he deserves everything. We praise him with strings and we praise him with flute and we praise him with cymbals and we praise him with clashing cymbals. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath point to His goodness. Let everything that has breath point to how awesome He is. Why? Because no matter if we do it or if we don't, He's still awesome and He's still good and He's still great and we have no reason not to praise Him. Pastor Joe, that's just not, it's just not who I am. I ain't, I ain't built that way. I don't, I don't get excited hardly about much. And I'm going to say hogwash I'm going to say hogwash. And, and, well, Pastor Joe, you're trying to get me to do something I ain't comfortable doing. Hogwash. And the reason why I say that is this. We will praise things naturally. And I can prove it. Have you ever been to a restaurant that's good? I've been to a lot of good restaurants. And somebody will ask the question, anybody know of any good restaurants? And the first thing you do, oh, if you go down to Knoxville, there's a steakhouse called Ye Old Steakhouse. That has the best prime rib that I have ever eaten. And their potatoes are as big as your head. And their rolls are awesome. It's so good. And what did I just do? I heaped praise on that restaurant. We'll we'll praise things naturally. You know what? My son cannot keep rhythm to save his soul. He's, he's two years old, I think he'll get there, but even now, he'll, he has this drum at home and this drumstick, and he's like, pop, 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 has no rhyme, no rhythm, no reason, pop, 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 you know what I do? That's awesome, you're so good, you're great, that's amazing, check out what my son is doing. He was running through the yard the other day, and I had my camera out, just videoing him. And he leans over and he smells this flower. He said, I smelled it. I was like, yeah, you smelled it. You know what you're doing. You're awesome. And you know what I've done? I was praising my son. Because he deserved it. And I loved him. We naturally will praise. We will praise our dogs. You're a good dog. You're such an awesome dog. I love you, doggy. You know, we don't we? We praise our dogs. But come into church and we look like we've been sent for and can't go. I'm guilty. We should praise Him where? In here and out there. I'm going to make a very probably harsh judgment. But if you have a hard time praising Him in here, I'm going to say you you definitely have a hard time praising Him out there. Pastor Joe, you're just being mean this morning. No, I'm trying to get you to understand that if we're going to build a Christian life that inhabits the glory of God, then prayer and praise are vital to that house. They're necessary for that house. We praise all these things and the same should be for God. I don't know about you, but some people have asked me, how, are, how did you get where you are? God? Let me ask you this, have you ever seen a turtle get on a fence post? by itself no (laughs) there's no doubt that somebody came along and put that turtle on the fence post that's me I could have never gotten to where I am today had God not taken me lifted me and put me where I am and I have all the reason to look at people and say it's the goodness of the Lord it's the greatness of God that I'm here where I'm at there's no other reason it's his faithfulness and I give him praise Why is this important in building a spiritual life? Because you can't speak doubt and praise at the same time. You can't speak worry and praise at the same time. You can't speak fear and praise at the same time. You can't speak misery and praise at the same time. One of them is going to override the other. And I challenge you this morning to let what comes out of your mouth be praise. Let it be praise. Why? Because praise establishes your mindset. How many, how many people, on Monday, especially Monday mornings, roll out of bed, uh, we stumble in the kitchen, we turn on our coffee? What would life look like if we woke up and said, thank you God for Monday? Why? Because it establishes our mindset. And anything other than praise on the mind and on the heart, we are destined to fail. I'm going to say it again. If there's anything other than praise on your mind and on your heart, you're destined to fail. So we have to have praise, we have to have prayer, but we also have to have private time. We have to have word. We have to have word. Have you ever heard anyone make the statement, God doesn't speak to me? Y'all ever heard somebody say that? God's never spoken to me before. Oftentimes when I hear that, I quickly rebuttal. Do you read your Bible? And majority of the time, it's, I get answers like this. Ah, not like I should. Or ah, it's hard for me to understand. Or some kind of answer. Jesus Himself is the Word. Jesus Himself is the Word. John 1 and 14 says this, and the Word became flesh. Do you know that before Jesus was called Jesus, He was called Word? I challenge you to know that we have a foundation, which is Jesus. But we also can have private time With Jesus through prayer, through praise, and through word. Through prayer, through praise, and through word. What does the word do? The word guides my feet. The Bible says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that mean? If I'm following the Word, I won't be led astray. If I'm following the Word, I won't step off the path. Do you know that if we were going to walk one mile, and if I walked straight one mile, I would get to where I'm going. But if for one second, I turned one degree to the right, just one degree, I would be further away from my arrival point. I wouldn't be on point. I'd be far away from it. And that's the way we are in our Christian life. If we get off the path just a little bit, we're not going to reach the destination that we want and that God wants for us. Because why? The Word is a lamp unto my feet. It lights my path. The Bible says that it keeps me from sin. Did you know that? That if it's Word... I will hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. If you have the Word in your heart, you're less apt to sin. Don't believe it. Try it. Try it. The Word, I will hide in my heart. Here's something else too. When we read the Word, it reminds us of the promises that God made to me. How can, how can you remember promises that you've never read? How can you know what God said that He would give you if you've never opened your Bible and read it? The Bible also says that, that when I hear the Word, it keeps my faith strong. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the what? Word. 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 What does that tell me? When I get weak, and when I get tired, and my faith starts to strength, uh, to lose strength. I need to get into the Word. When I begin to doubt, I need to get in the Word. When I begin to worry, I need to get in the Word. When I begin to get angry, I need to get into the Word. Why? Because the Word is all that I need to be able to stay consistent in this life. As a parent, I've learned not to promise my kids anything. And the reason why is because if you promise them something, they're going to hold you to it. They're going to hold you to it. You can ask Jacob. He'll say, can we do this? And my answer is, we'll try. And he's, he'll say, we'll try means most likely not. And I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that. It means that I don't want to promise to you something that I can't fulfill. I don't want to make a promise that I can't fulfill. Because if you promise something, that's a check that those kids are going to come in gash. They will. But here's what I want you to know. That when God promises that He will, He's faithful to do it. When God promises, we can go to the bank and we can cash that check. And it's not going to bounce on us. Come on somebody. Here's the thing. How are we going to know unless we read? I can... Trust me... I try my best to come up here every Sunday and preach the biblical truth of God to you. But even as a person, I can miss things. And I could possibly lead you astray. But God's not going to do it. He's faithful. Listen, the Christian life without the Word in it is inhabitable. Nothing can live inside of a Christian life when Word doesn't exist. God wants you to dwell. He wants to dwell within our lives. But He is limited to do so if we don't have the word in our life. And we want here you know what's funny when we neglect our word we neglect God himself. Why would God come and dwell in our lives when we don't want anything to do with him? I know it's it's hard. It hurts. I I was examining myself. I'm like, "Man, ouch." But the truth is, is that we can't have an expectancy of God to inhabit our lives when we won't let Him inhabit our lives. Amen? So we have to have prayer. We have to have praise. We have to have private time. And here's the big controversial one. We have to have a wall of people in our lives. People, yes, people. Do you know that God wants to do a great work in your life? He wants to do an amazing work in your life. Do you want to know how He wants to do it? People. Think about it. Think about it. God wants this church to, to grow. And He wants this church to flourish financially. He wants this church to grow with people. He wants this church to grow in discipleship. He wants this church to grow in all aspects. He wants children's department to grow. How is this place going to grow? People. People. How is the finances of this church going to work? People. And if God will do that with the church, He'll do it with you. I don't know about you, but every Bible story that I've ever read where God does something immaculate for somebody else, He does it through who? People. I'm going to say this, and it's controversial. But the truth is, is that you can't have a solid Christian life unless you have solid Christian people around you. Why? Because I have to have people coming to me and saying, Joe, you are in error. You're messing up. Remember, that was Nathaniel for David. He came to David and he was like, you are the man. He's like, you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. And it called out that sin, and it called that sin out of David's life. And when someone calls sin out of your life, it propels you what forward. How many people has ever uh, ever heard stories about people who are self-made millionaires? Y'all ever heard stories about that? People who have who have uh, didn't inherit money, but they became millionaires. Do you know how they done it? They rubbed elbows with people who had money, and they begin to learn and pick up. The traits of a millionaire. Do you understand that if you want to be a better Christian, you have to rub elbows with people who have good Christian traits. Why? Because you will begin to get the traits of a better Christian. If we surround ourselves with people who are going to call us up to another level, you know what we're going to ha- what's going to happen? We're going to be called up to another level. And I hope it's okay that I say this, Aaron. But Aaron and I. We, we have a relationship now that's almost a year. We've, we've known each other for almost a year. And uh, the first thing I've done with Aaron is like, Bro, I know some people that you've got to get around because it's going to change your life if you get around these people. And it wasn't me. I said, I got people that you need to get around because it's going to make you a better musician. You're going to learn things and you're going to grow. And whenever he got around those people, I can see leaps and bounds of growth in Aaron, because he was around those people. And it works the same way in our lives. If you're around miserable people, guess what you're going to be? Miserable. If you're around hateful people, guess what you're going to be? Hateful. And the truth is, is if we're going to be solid Christian people, we need to hang out with solid Christian people. Pastor Joe, are you saying we shouldn't hang out with sinners? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is is that we can't grow unless we have someone helping us grow. Discipleship. Jesus, the very first thing he done when He wanted to start His Christian ministry was pick 12 people and hung out with them. And then, within the 12, there was a smaller circle of 3 that He hung out with. If Jesus needed people in order to walk out His divine purpose... We need people to walk out our divine purpose. And I challenge you this morning, you don't have to do life alone. You shouldn't do life alone. If we're going to build a life that God can inhabit and dwell inside of, it's going to take prayer, it's going to take praise, it's going to take private time, and it's going to take people. How many people know that you can't get healing unless you have people in your life? I know. I know. I didn't write it. It's in the Bible. It says this, Therefore confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Why? Because the prayer of a righteous person has power. And it availeth what? Much. It availeth much. Do you know why we struggle sometimes in our sin and in our failures and in our flaws? is because we won't pick up the phone and we won't go to someone and we'll say, this is what I'm going through. Pray for me. And you know what that does? That gives healing in your life because the devil can't hold it over your head and say, nobody knows. If I tell somebody, somebody knows. And if I tell somebody, somebody can pray for me. And if two or three gather and agree on one thing, the Bible says, it shall come to pass. Solid community. It, it points us to Jesus with grace and mercy. If we have good Christian community, it points us to grace and to mercy. This is the last point. I'm getting ready to close. But here's what I want you to hear. The four walls that we've discussed today in this spiritual life that we're building. These four walls. This isn't just good suggestions. (laughs) This isn't just, that works for someone else, Pastor Joe, but it won't work for me. You know, these four walls that we talked about are what we know to be as weight-bearing walls. Have you ever been somewhere and you wanted to do a remodel, but you couldn't do it the way you wanted to because if you knock down that wall, it can't hold the weight. How many people know that living a Christian life is weighty? It's hard sometimes. How many people know that sometimes, whenever the weight comes and the pressure comes, we often crumble. And I would dare say that we crumble because we're missing one of the four walls. And I want to I get this across to you today. Because we can succeed. We can be great. We can build a life that God inhabits. We can have a powerful life, but we can't do it without the four walls. We can't do it without prayer. We can't do it without praise. We can't do it without private time. And we can't do it without people. I want you to ask yourself about the last time you just really had an had a issue that arose in your life and that issue conquered you. Was one of the four elements missing? Was one of your four walls gone? Because if it was, that's something we can learn from and we can grow from. Because I want to challenge you in the place this morning. If you remove just one of them, your house is in, uninhabitable. Nobody can live in it. If you remove one of your walls, it, it's, it's not safe. They would not let someone dwell in that house. And if we want God to dwell in our house, we have to build on Jesus Christ as the firm foundation. Do you know what's amazing about these four walls? Is They all point back to Him. Prayer points back to Jesus. Praise points back to Jesus. Private time in the Word points back to Jesus. And a good Christian community points back to Jesus. We have to learn how to dwell inside of those four walls in our lives every single day or we are bound and determined to fail. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fail. And every day I have to choose. All right, this house I'm building today, and it's a daily thing. This house I'm building today, Lord, consists of a foundation of Jesus Christ, because I can't do it without him. I got to pray. I got to praise. I got to have word, and I got to have a good community around me. Otherwise, I can't build anything. I have to do it that way. I have to do it that way. And I'm going to challenge you with the first 15. I'm calling it the first 15. What does that mean? 5 minutes of prayer, 5 minutes of word, and 5 Minutes. Of. Five minutes of prayer. Five minutes of praise and five minutes of word. Five minutes of prayer. Five minutes of praise. Five minutes of word. And when you do that, if you begin to start your day that way with well, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of praise and five minutes of word, it will grow. And it'll grow. And as it begins to grow, you'll, it'll turn into 30. And as it turns into 30, it'll turn into 45. And as it turns into 45, it'll turn into an hour. But the truth is, is that that's how we've got to start our lives. Every day. Every day. We're under construction. Every day. <laughs> We're building this thing. Every day. And we can't do it without the four walls. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank You. Thank you for who you are. God, right now we just ask that you move in our hearts the way you want to move in our heart. Lord, right now we ask that You, as the firm foundation of our lives, teach us how to be dependent on prayer, how to be dependent on praise, how to be dependent on the Word, and how to be dependent on God the community. Lord, allow that to become so natural for us, God, that we can't exist a single day without it. Lord, shape us, shift us, mold us into who You want us to be. We build this house, God, every day that you can come and you can rest inside of it. We give you honor. We give you glory for what you've already done what you're going to do and just for who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. How many people are glad you came to church?